Welcome to the Darwin's Medicine Podcast. My name is Brian Smith. In this series, I will give you insights into how the pharma, medtech and other biomedical sectors are changing. Mostly, I'll be looking at our industry through the lens of Darwinian evolution, because that's the best science we have for understanding the complex adaptive system that is our industry. But I'll also often wander into other areas of management science if I think it offers a useful way of thinking about the issues that biomedical companies face. To respect your time, this podcast will be short, about 10 minutes. But if, like me, you have a curious mind and want to know more, then have a look in the show notes where there are links to further reading. Or if you want to discuss how your company is evolving and how you might direct its evolution, then send me an email at the address in the show notes and I'll be glad to talk to you. Now, I know your time is precious, so let's get into the podcast. President Bain recently made a very exciting promise. He's allocating $6.5 billion to an advanced research projects agency for healthcare. If ARPA-H, as it's been called, can be as effective as DARPA, its defence counterpart, then we might look forward to healthcare innovations as revolutionary as GPS and Siri and even the internet. But we should temper that optimism with some scientific scepticism. And the scientific domain that I work in, generalised Darwinism, has some useful lessons for those who have to make RBRH work. I think those lessons also apply to any situation where you're trying to turbocharge your R&D. So bear with me a minute whilst I go into the science and then I'll come back to what this means for your business. Organisations are only successful if their capabilities match the challenges facing them. That means that complex, advanced challenges demand complex, advanced sets of capabilities. Just think of what it takes to bring an innovative drug or medical device to market. Not only are hundreds of capabilities needed, from discovery to manufacturing to marketing, but the firm also needs management capabilities to coordinate those disparate competencies. And as markets change, firms even need capabilities to adapt their existing capabilities. Academics call these dynamic capabilities. So RPAH will only succeed if it develops a complete set of necessary capabilities. An organisation's complement of capabilities is known as its capabilium because of its equivalence to an organism's proteum. In the case of turbocharging innovation, the most important parts of the capabilium are the capabilities to identify emerging technologies early, to invest judiciously, to fail fast and to cooperate with others to commercialise. These capabilities are devilishly hard and can't be bought off the shelf despite what consultants might tell you. Truly innovative organisations have to build their own capabilities. But how do they do that? Well, capabilities are the result of routines. Routines are those little sub-processes for getting things done, such as a routine for scanning the scientific environment, for example. Routines don't work alone. They combine with many other routines to express the capability, just as combination of genes express proteins. 
The capability to fail fast, for example, requires routines for, among other things, anticipating the future, assessing technical and commercial risks, and for objectively assessing the viability of a technology. Importantly, a capability can fail to be expressed, even when the organisation has most of the required routines, but lacks one or two critical ones. In this respect, routines are much like genes. They store information about how to do things, they can be copied, and they work together to achieve expression. And because of this equivalence to genes, a firm's complete set of routines is known as its routinome. A typical pharma or medtech company might have a routinome of thousands of routines. When you hear firms say that innovation is in the DNA, what they really mean is that they have a routinome that allows them to innovate. If you're beginning to think that turbocharging innovation is difficult, then you would be right. You need to build a complete capability, which means you need a complete routine on. But even that's not the whole story, because each routine's functioning depends on the convergence of four factors known as microfoundations. These are the attributes of the individuals, such as their skills and knowledge, the processes that happen within working groups, the structures that link those teams together, and the mechanisms used to manage conflict between them. These microfoundations, abbreviated to AGTC, are directly analogous to bases from which genes are built. The analogy is a good one because the functioning of the routine on, and so the expression of the capability on, depends upon having just the right combination of microfoundations. And just as errors in a DNA base base sequence can lead to genetic defects and illnesses, so gaps and errors in a firm's microfoundations can lead to critical flaws in the firm's ability to function. So what does this mean in practice for, for your business? Well, this Darwinian view of how organisations function helps us to see why it's difficult to turbocharge innovation, whether you're the US government or your company. Fast and truly disruptive innovation needs a capability that is not only complex and advanced, but quite unusual in the healthcare arena. You see, historically, healthcare innovation has been a largely incremental process that is dispersed across the wide ecosystem of organisations. Usually, healthcare innovation is a very collaborative exercise that proceeds in little baby steps. But the intent of OPRH is to have one organisation taking big leaps and unmitigated risks. Now, this probably implies the need for dozens of novel capabilities and hundreds of new routines, all of which are underpinned by many new specialised microfoundations. This is especially difficult given how unlike existing capabilities they are. For example, we work in an industry that, quite understandably, is not famous for taking risks. But if OPRH wants to build the capabilities it will need, it will have to acquire the capabilities, routines and microfoundations for doing just that. Traditional biomedical organisations like pharma and medtech companies will probably not be a good source for this non-traditional, groundbreaking way of doing things. So they'll probably have to invent their own new ways of doing things. So there's the sobering lesson for OPRH, but also for all biomedical innovators. Effective organisations are capable organisations, and those capabilities arise from routines, and those routines ultimately depend upon microfoundations.
This lesson should remind us that building ArborH, or indeed building any other kind of innovative organisation, takes more than just a big budget. We should be realistic about how hard it is to turbocharge innovation. At the same time, innovation is the result of evolution. So we can be optimistic that if the environment favours innovation, it will evolve. But it will be hard. And without understanding the role of capabilities, routines and micro-foundations, it might be impossible. Thanks for listening to the Darwin's Medicine podcast. If you enjoyed it, and I hope you did, then please leave a review and share it with your network on LinkedIn. And if you have any comments or questions, then I'll be delighted to hear from you. Just use the email address in the show notes. I'll see you next time.